Welcome to the STL Soccer Report, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's STL Soccer Report. This is Phil, just giving you a little intro to today's interview. It's an interview with Matt Bjerman, and uh, it's the morning after now. Spencer and I met him at Kirkwood Station Brewing uh, Brewery last night. Had a uh, had some a meal, basically. I had a couple drinks and. Um, we just talked out his life and a little bit about the team as well, and I uh, had a very good time. And uh, then I came home and actually I uh, did an interview, or I joined rather, uh, Eastern, Con- Eastern Conference Confidential. Uh, so it was a long, crazy late night. Uh, so here I am laying down this track so that we can post this this morning, which is a Friday morning, so you guys can enjoy uh, some some soccer talk over the weekend, learn a little bit about Matt's and the team itself. Uh, it was a lot of fun talking to him and learning more about the team, especially. Um, it's just helpful in kind of figuring out the team. There are a couple surprises in there that I, I won't tell you about, but now you've they've been teased. So um, also to let you know, Spencer and I are both going to be gone. I know I'll be gone for the entire week next week. So don't expect anything till after the next game. Uh, which is uh, next Saturday in Cincinnati. I'm going, he's going. I think a lot of Luligans might be going. I think there's a bus. So hopefully that bus will get nice and full. Maybe they'll have to get a second one. Not sure about this one. But um, anyway, really excited to go up to Cincinnati. Uh, probably catch up with the Cincy Soccer Talk uh, guys and uh, definitely watch our team and have a good time. So, all right, that's it for me. The rest of the show is Matt's and Spencer, a little bit of me talking at Kirkwood Station Brewing. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. All right, it's STL Soccer Report, and we have a special guest today. We're at Kirkwood Station Brewery, and we have Matt's Bureman joining us today. We got Spencer, of course, and me, Phil. Matt's, how's it going, man? Pretty good, pretty good. Figured uh, it went pretty well with the soccer tour guy. We kind of met at a restaurant and had a good conversation, and so I think it's just easier to get comfortable and, and actually talk about good stuff while we're hanging out having some some food and drinks. Great place to do it. One of the team sponsors, they have the Elf for One Beer, which you got, which I got drinking. Right now. Um, I don't drink face. beer, so I'll have to leave that one to you guys. I always offer you beer. Are you this always offer beer? This is the first time I've heard you say beer. you don't like it. It's um, new. But no, um, we're just going to hear a little bit from Matt's about his kind of his story and how he came to end up in St. Louis and how he's liking it here. And then we'll talk about the U.S. Open Cup, which was last night. So uh, see how it goes. Let's start with Nick, because you're best friends with Nick, Frecky's son, Nick. I'm not going to tackle that last name, but you did a pretty good job. Yeah. Let's hear you say it and spell it since... That's right. All right. got to call you out. You can do it. You guys are going to set me on blast. All right. Radosavljevic, and uh, it's R-A-D-O-S-A-V-L-J-E-V-I-C. All right, people at home. Yeah, look it up. Tweet away. Got that wrong. Neither of us. I hope I didn't. (laughs) Yeah, talk about how you knew him at such a young age, and and here you are now. Okay, well, you know, I I met him uh, in middle school back in in Irvine, uh, Venado Middle School. Uh, It was about probably towards you know the middle of seventh grade he moved out here I, I think his dad got the job uh, at Chivas so so Nick moved to Irvine and, and I met him in, in middle school and you know to be honest I 
I don't know why, but we just kind of didn't really like each other. Uh, <laughs> well, just, just whenever we, uh, we didn't really know each other, but we just, for some reason. Now, did just, you meet him through school or through soccer? I met him through school at first. Okay. So I met him through school, and then, and then eventually he ended up on my team uh, within a few months. Uh, West Coast Football Club. It's in, it's like based in Mission Viejo, California, so in Orange County. So I met him. I met him there and became really good friends with him. And uh, you know, we were friends through through uh, freshman year of high school, and then halfway through sophomore year of high school, he his dad took the job at Toronto, so he moved away. But we stayed really close. Um, I went out there to visit him when he was there, and when he was in Chicago, I visited him. And he was always coming back uh, to visit us too, because he had a lot of good friends here. So I've known him forever. Nice, very nice. Yeah. And then from there. And then from there. Um, professionally, at least, or college, actually, right? Yeah, college. He he ended up he transferred like three times, and so he, he. It looked like he followed his dad wherever his dad coached at. He would transfer to. Well, he, so he. Let me think. He was in. Right out of high school, he went to like the school in South Carolina. I think it was like a D2 or something. Um, so he went there. He didn't really like it. It was it was like a school that had no more than like 3,000 kids or something. Oh, okay. So so his, in his high school, he went to in Chicago had like 5,000 or something. So so he he kind of I think he kind of got over it a little bit. And he went to uh, he transferred to the school in uh, Washington because that's where his mom's from. So he went there, uh, his uncle was there and stuff, and um, then he stayed there for like a semester, and then he ended up transferring to a junior college in Sacramento, and his dad at the time was coaching for Sac Republic, and then he ended up transferring to Cal State Chico, which is close to Sacramento, it's like an hour away. And now you stayed close with him this whole time. Though. And the whole time, yeah, we were oh, we were great. extremely close. Now it close. works out that he's your roommate playing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now we're roommates. Now we get to hang out all the time, which is crazy because I've been away. I mean, we were friends for you know two and a half years or whatever, but then he moved away. So majority of the time we've been friends, I haven't been in the same state as him. It's been a long distance relationship. <laughs> it's been a long distance relationship, but you know we're still going strong. Nice. <laughs> Um, it makes the heart grow fonder, I guess. Mm -hmm. So, uh, we kind of, we just got done eating dinner, so we were talking about it. Sounds like you like St. Louis for the most part. We were talking about sushi, I.e., Mission Taco, yes. and everything. It's Seems like you're settling places. in yeah. to St. Louis. Yeah, I like a lot, and, you know, I think it makes it easier, too, whenever you like your teammates. And, you know, I can easily say that I like all of my teammates here, so I definitely feel at home. Um, you know, St. Louis is, it's, it's nice. It's a little bit smaller of a city than you know like Orange County or LA and stuff but you know, have you made it out to a Cardinals game a Blues game have you I have not I have not gone to either of those but I want to I'll, I'll make my my way out to a, a Cardinals game you did say sure. you're a basketball fan now that that's over you got nothing else to yeah. go for except for baseball yeah now I gotta <laughs> I don't even know I guess start watching the Cardinals <laughs> or go hang out with Wes and Dragon at the park. Yeah, and I guess, I gotta, well, first thing I gotta do though is buy a, a hammock. Oh yeah, because that's that's the entry fee to their, their <laughs> to their uh, private club. Their private club, you gotta get the hammock. Maximum oh. relaxation. Yeah. Every time they always post it. Yeah. Um, now, kind of like we were talking before, last season you were with Orange County Blues. Um, Ivan was there with you. Matt Sheldon. And that's it. No, one yeah. more. Yeah, that was it. Okay, those those three. 
and then kind of explain how you came to, did you, Jeremy Allenbaugh call you, did Precky call you, like how did it all aspire to work out that you wanted to come here? So when I found out Precky uh, was going to St. Louis, um, did you call up Nick and say, hey, put no, well, him Nick the told, Nick told me. <laughs> Okay. He told me, so I uh, I kind of had it in my mind, like, you know, that'd be cool to play for him, but I was still at the Blues. We were still in playoffs, I think, at the time. We don't know what that's like, but well, hopefully <laughs> yeah. that changes. No, it will. So we were, uh, we were you know, uh, playing Swole Park. We ended up losing, which I still can't believe we lost. Uh, and then crazy we, game. Yeah, it was crazy. And then we, we were uh, in the airport on our way back, and I got a call from Nick, and his, his dad... Uh, Asked me if you know I wanted to to play for St. Louis next year. And now, had you talked to Jeremy Allenball, the GM, no. and your agent? And the- my, my agent knows if my agent's good friends with him, or he he, he likes you know Jeremy a lot. But um, yeah, I didn't I didn't really uh, you know talk to Jeremy at all. It was I to be honest, it was kind of me negotiating stuff, not negotiating, but talking to Precky and organizing it, not my agent. Okay. And he he oversaw everything, and and you know. But it wasn't, he did his job. He didn't but, get ripped off. <laughs> yeah, he made sure, like, you know, I didn't get ripped off and stuff, but, like... He's working for bags I, of peanuts. And yeah, I... Five-year contract. <laughs> Five-year option. <laughs> no, he, uh... He, my, my agent, uh, Kind of... I mean, I knew I knew Precky, so Precky kind of wanted to deal with me more than, you know, my agent and stuff, so yeah. I was... I, my agent was in the loop and everything, but it was mainly between me and Precky. Yeah, well, and... Nick is your best friend growing up, yeah. and so Precky's always around. Yeah. You've always seen him, and now he's your coach. I, I've on always a wanted to play team. for him. Yeah. I've known him forever, and I, I always wanted to play for him. So if that, you know, that opportunity ever came up, I I always was going to take it, um, and it did. So it was really a no-brainer. And you know, I kind of looked up uh, the the team and stuff, and I saw you know they hadn't been doing too well the years before, and. Uh, I mean, when you hire a guy like Precky to it, just kind of shows your intent to, you know, change some things. So I was definitely uh, on board whenever I found out that I had an opportunity to come here. Now, did you text Matt or Ivan and go, "Hey, guess so, what?" Well, so Ivan is, you know, he, he played for uh, Precky at Sacramento, so he knew him. So I knew that that uh, Ivan probably was talking to Precky at the same time. So it was kind of weird because I would see Ivan and we'd like say, yeah, you know, I might be going to St. Louis, and he was kind of saying the same thing, and nobody could confirm. No yeah. one knew what was going on. Yeah, yeah. So uh, how much do your teammates know this? Are you still in mid-season when this is happening, or no? No, this is this is of... the very end of this is like before. Yeah, this is you know a week before our season ended. Got basically. It. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. That is kind of crazy. <laughs> now. Let's kind of start off with the beginning of the season and everything. A lot of new players yeah. that you've never, well, you've played with three of them and you've played with Nick in, when you were younger and everything, but is it taken a while to get used to all these different languages, all these different playing styles and everything? Do you feel everybody's meshed well together? Yeah, for the most part, it. it uh, I think we've, we've meshed, you know, somewhat. We're a completely new team. We only got like three guys from last year, so... Um, there's always going to be an adjustment period, and it was kind of weird because I don't think it really happened to us early. It happened to us, you know, maybe the last six games or so. Right. Um, 
but uh, I mean that was due to like in, I think a lot of injuries and you know certain things too. So um, you know I think we're still trying to figure out things, but you know after you know, last night's game, I think we have an idea of you know what we're capable of and and the direction that we can we can go. Phil and I were talking, and we both like seeing you in the lineup, and it Thank you. gives you a little confidence. No, <laughs> we're not just saying that. Yeah. <laughs> I promise. Um, and we've seen you more in the lineup, kind of like uh, we were talking about during dinner, is we haven't had the same starting 11 all season. Again, partially with injuries, partially we signed Amir, we signed Tony Wall due to yeah. injuries. But I think it'll be interesting to see going forward how a starting 11 builds and hopefully we keep seeing more of you out there. Yeah. Well, and that's like, that's something like, we were talking about how as, as fans, you know, as a fan podcast, we're always wondering who's injured and who's not. And so it was interesting, hopefully you can tell us, but you haven't been healthy this entire time. And so, yeah. you know, we're over here wondering why you haven't been in and maybe that's been it part of the time and, and yeah. you and other guys, so. Yeah, yeah, they don't do a very good job of broadcasting the injuries, that's for sure. Nor should they, even the yeah. other team can use that. So. Yeah, exactly. Jeremy Ellenbaugh, the GM, has come out and said that he has no problem telling, putting out an injury lineup. Oh, but really? if other teams aren't gonna do it, he's not gonna yeah. do it. Yeah. Right? And it's one of those things where um, it leaves just a question mark of, why is it Matt starting? Did his Matt's in the doghouse? Did is his play not up to Precky's thing? And then the next game you're playing 90 minutes and then and you're, you're two days it. off and then you're on your way to Michigan to play more. It's yeah. like, did he get back in the Well, so the point so. is, can you tell us all what that's looked like, your health throughout the season and starting and, and your competition for your spot? What's that like as a, as a professional? Well, it's different, you know, given the, the coach, like whichever coach you're playing for, but Precky, uh, He's very high expectations uh, in training as well. You know, a lot of coaches, they could care less about what you do during the week, but you know, if you show up and you're ready to go for the weekend uh, and you, you know, you play lights out, they, they don't mind. But Precky's kind of one of the, he's one of the coaches that puts a lot of emphasis on training and practice. And I, yeah, practice. practice <laughs> yeah, he, but he's really big on development, so that's that's one of the things. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to he come here. He seems very much like a player's coach that. If you want to slack off and just go through the motions, he's not the coach you want to play for. He's, if you yeah. want to improve your game and learn, he is the guy to do that for you. Yeah. It's not going to be a fun experience all the time, but you will get better playing for him. Yeah, exactly. So, so you know, I think that's you know one of the reasons the lineups have been changing a lot. Um, you know, sometimes you have a good training session, sometimes you have a bad one, and. Uh, you know, maybe someone's killing it. So, so it it makes you know for a lot of variability in the lineups, I would say. But um, you know, it keeps us all sharp. We you have to be you have to be sharp and, and performing to to get in the lineup and to stay there. So it seems like a very competitive team. It doesn't seem it like you can just go through the motions and your spot isn't in jeopardy because you have people chirping at your heels to get into that starting 11. Well, and Precky in that post-game interview this last game, the Open Cup game, uh, he actually said that he thought the injuries hurt practices because guys were out, there was less competition in, in some ways. Yeah. So, you know, maybe he has a point there in that way. Yeah. And I think a lot yeah. of that has to do with a lot of injuries happened at the same time. Um, again, I'm waiting for us to be healthy. I really want to see Milan out there. Just running around his big bald head going yeah. for some headers but again it will come with time and um, it'll come to inform a starting 11 
that we haven't seen yet. So let's kind of fast forward to, we've had a rough stretch the past couple of games, but I thought last night was the best I've ever seen this team play. Um, you started last night. Uh, if you listen to the podcast but didn't watch the game, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But uh, we played the Chicago Fire in the U.S. Open Cup second or fourth round? Fourth round. Fourth yeah, round. Um, we lost 1-0 on a kick that I don't even know how to <laughs> Back <laughs> kick. Chip. Back heel, yeah, <laughs> flick, a prayer into, yeah. the, into the corner. He did it when he was six years old in his backyard, and I think he went, this is the perfect time to pull it out again. Yeah, um, Brecky made some funny statements, which are on ESPN, about that. He um, did. Like, give him $2 for getting that one yeah. out of 50 times or something like that. So yeah. go read ESPN. I'm going to put that clip up on the next episode. But uh, tell us about that game. What was it like for you? Let's start with how did how did you guys prepare for it? Like, sure, yeah. did you prepare differently than a normal game? I know it was midweek, but was there yeah. any emphasis on this is the open cup, this is the fire? No, we uh, we were more focused on the Bethlehem game. Oh wow! And we didn't talk about the Chicago Fire at all. Um, <laughs> that's crazy, to which actually. is crazy, yeah. <laughs> but that's the truth. I mean, Precky put he puts more emphasis on the league than. Than that game, than the Open Cup. So okay, I gotta interrupt you there then. Yeah. Okay, I've been making a lot of assumptions about lineups because I thought maybe he was saving you and other guys for Wednesday. Yeah. And so that we could go all out for Wednesday, and then Sunday seemed like maybe not as much of a starting eleven. You can't comment on starting eleven, but I guess you're, does that is that included? Like Sunday, it was all out, and then Wednesday was Sunday like Sunday was all out. Wednesday was. I mean, all out. Also, we we okay. played our, you know, we played our the best team we could. I think um, both times, and uh, you know, like Angulo, he didn't start on, against Bethlehem, but he's he's been injured. He's been dealing with the with the groin. Yeah, I'm sure you guys didn't. He even was so know. hot for a while. Yeah. yeah. So so he was that playing through injury, or would it happen after? He was pl- kind of playing through a tweak. Um, in his, his groin, I think, and it just got to a point where he had to take a little, like a game off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he so. looked good last night. He was flying around. Yeah, yeah, he did definitely. Um, so, all right, last night started off great, and Gulo had a couple. You guys were definitely attacking and pressing right off the get go. We were all over them, and Gulo had a couple of chances. Tried to dribble around the keeper and. Uh, that was at the opposite end, yeah. so there's no depth perception. I'd yeah. shoot it, and the dude's at like <laughs> yeah. half pitch. By the time he dribbled past the keeper, he was too close to the goal line. Oh, he didn't and have the angle. And he's, yeah, and I mean he's on he's on his left he's on his left foot, but if he hit it with his left, it would spin the other way out right. toward, out of the goal. So once he tried dribbling the keeper, there he wasn't going to score. I mean the keeper was was good. Yeah. Oh he, yeah. He made some big saves for them. So I. I don't the know. Right decisions at the right time. Yeah, sure. I thought Grinwis made great decisions, yeah. and he did great last night as well. Yes, he did. Adam was very good last um, night. So again, I think it was the 27th minute. They go up 1-0. Um, again, I was afraid from previous games that we would lose hope and kind of die down. Yeah. But and the fans, they kept going. You guys kept going. Um, had a ton of chances. Those most corner kicks I've seen in the first half all season for us. 
Um, let alone a whole game, maybe. I mean, hit a crossbar. Like, yeah, yeah, we had a crossbar. Christian laser. Had a great look. And he did. If the keeper would have spilled it, I was about two yards from the keeper right <laughs> in front of him. I followed that shot, but the keeper caught it. So, so give us actually. I'm really curious. Say there was a GoPro on you. Like, what, what was that game like for you? Who were you faced up against? Who were you focused on? What was your goal of the game? Uh, well, I was faced up against Brandon Vincent, who uh, mm -hmm. I played against him. I grew up playing against him yeah. actually, in California. He's Stanford. He went to Stanford, yeah. He grew up in LA, though. He played for his team called Rialso Cal. And okay. uh, I played against him pretty, I actually played with him in a uh, tournament in. Uh, in Northern Ireland called uh, the Mill Cup. Oh my gosh. So, the world is a big world and it is such a small it world. It is, it is. In I, Ireland. Northern Ireland, yeah. It's so crazy. I, I played, I, on that team we had a lot of very good players too. I, if you guys are familiar with like uh, Emmanuel Boateng for the Galaxy. <laughs> That's awesome. Joshua Yarrow for Philadelphia. That's crazy. Um, yeah, just like a bunch of guys. So I, I grew up playing, uh, you know, against him. A lot of times I played with him, you know, for that tournament. Um, so I was going against him, and then I played against him in college all the time. Sure. I played against him twice. We actually knocked him out of the NCAA tournament. No. <laughs> Did you whisper that in his ear? No, no we knocked him out. And then, but then the next, the next two years. The next year they won, they won the whole thing, and the year after that they won the whole thing. Did you face off against him in those like tournaments I, usually? So I, well, I played in the middle in college, mm -hmm. so he was he was on the outside, yeah. but um, you know he's a good player. So I, I, I was going against him uh, most of the game. Um, yeah, and, and you know <laughs> it was so hot in that game. Oh. It, was, it was. I mean, until the 70th minute, it had to have been like 85, 90. Oh, yeah. Even when the sun no, was in the clouds, it was toasty. Yeah. No, because I, someone looked at their phone when the weather changed. Yeah. It was still 82. But yeah. I swear to God, it oh, felt like a refrigerator. Yeah, it did. It really did. And that's when the fans got all excited. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened was, is from what I remember, again, last night was a big, giant blur. <laughs> it was for me, too. The wind. <laughs> it was kind of, nobody, it was just hot. And then... Like you said, like someone turned on the AC in the car full blast yeah. with the vents pointed right at you, and it just started wailing that wind, and there was a free kick, Amir was taking it from, I don't know, probably 10 yards outside of the box, Yeah. and Angulo, Eric, and I think it was AJ were just looking over at the fans trying to get us pumped up and get us loud. And those fans in the stands were Everybody. rocking. Everybody. I mean, I, it wasn't even just from you know the section eight. It was the other side. Exactly. It yeah. was everybody. That's that's how you know it was good. That's what. Yeah. It was really special. That you know that didn't used to happen until like the second half of last year. I started hearing the other side get crazy, and yeah. it's been spreading more and more as every game goes on. I mean, but just I'm talking so the cool. stands were swaying. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. talking. That wind was blowing, the flags were dead straight, and it felt amazing. So I think that's why everybody got loud, because everyone was like, I can breathe now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, like, I asked you, normally can you tell that the fans are there? Do you normally block it out? A lot of players say they don't hear it, they just block it out. Are you one that feeds off of that? Uh, I mean... I don't think about it all the time. Maybe when the ball's out, or right. you know, play slowed down or something, then I'll you know, you kind look of, over and you yeah, hear it and notice it. it more. But um, you definitely notice whenever fans are cheering 
um, especially coming from the blues and coming from instances where you could hear a pin drop, but uh, it, yeah, you definitely notice it. I think anybody who says they don't is, is lying. <laughs> now, one question that gets asked a lot when it comes to fans cheering, when you're taking a PK in a shootout or something, do you want it dead silent? Do you want it loud? Do you care? Do you? Uh, I'd probably want it silent. Okay. Um, a lot of fans say, or a lot of soccer players say, no, I want it loud because it's yeah. like it and it puts too much pressure if it's silent. I don't know. I mean, I've never taken a penalty oh. whenever it's been that loud, but um, yeah, I, I couldn't really tell you. I, okay. Yeah. Um, got anything else for him? Yeah. We have a couple questions from our fans that we'll get to here. Actually, no, let's go to that now. I think that's right. perfect size. So, Claude Carricker. He had great questions. Um, messaged on Facebook. He wanted me to ask you some questions. Alrighty. Um, what he feels his best role is with the team. Ooh. Well, yeah, in favorite position, perhaps, because you, you okay. move around a bit. Yeah, I move around a lot. Um, do you, do you mind that? Um, no, not really. I I just want to be on the field. Okay. So, you know, uh, yeah, I'm more comfortable down the middle, but um, the way our, our wide guys play in the system is we play a little bit more narrower, narrower. So I'm somewhat playing in the middle, anyways. Sure. But uh, it, within the team, I mean, I'm. I feel like I'm. Uh, are you the one that's getting everyone pumped up? Are you the one that's like, no, calm down, don't try to punch that dude in the yeah. face? <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely more relaxed, I would say, than, you know, maybe like a Dragon or something. <laughs> but, uh, would yeah. You, do you want to tell that story? Well, no, just Dragon's a very intense guy. Long when we have Dragon on, we'll ask him about that and let him yeah. hear his side. Yeah, he probably doesn't want to talk about it, honestly. <laughs> Don't tell him I, I said anything about it. <laughs> um, how much notice does he get before starting, or um, kind of like we talked about before? Okay. Yeah, we uh, we usually find out, you know, at the earliest two days before the game. Um, we'll do kind of a, a walkthrough, and we'll be playing in our teams uh, that we're going to start with. So um, yeah, usually, usually if a game's Saturday, we'll know you know by Thursday if we're gonna get the start. Um, sometimes, like for the Open Cup games, a few of them. I guess when we were in Wichita, we found out we found out like two hours before Whoa. was playing. Yeah, it was kind of weird, but um, usually, usually it's you know two days, and if not two, it'll be one. Now, if you're not starting, you're on the bench. Yeah. Who's talking to you on the bench? Is Precky saying, go warm up, you're going in, in in the 60th? Or does he just go, you're in now, let's go? <laughs> no, he... Because uh, we see you guys all start warming up yeah. um, at random times, but then he sometimes... He to Tim, and Tim's like... <laughs> <laughs> no, like, okay, so usually it's, you know, we have to... If we're on the bench, we warm up around the 30th minute. We Not warm up, we stretch. Stay loose. Stay loose uh, around the 30th minute, then... Um, then we'll go back and sit down if we don't go in or, or we'll, when we don't go in because he never makes a sub in the first half. Unless there's but, an injury or unless something. Unless there's an injury, yeah. Then uh, usually, you know, at halftime, if you're going to go in, they'll let you know before 
you know. I was going to say, I see a lot of those guys kicking the ball around and yeah. just trying to stay loose. I mean, those, that's usually staying loose. Uh, he'll let you know, like, at halftime if you're going to go in, so you'll have, like, 10 minutes to get ready. Okay. But uh, after that, you know, if he's going to make a sub in the 60th or, you know, 55th or whatever, he, he just expects you to be ready to go. Okay, so, so you better be ready. So in. we get up usually, like, 50, 55, and then we go warm up. Um, and you can kind of tell if he's going to make a sub by the way he's talking or, or uh, you know, <laughs> how the team's doing. So it just kind of depends. But usually... You learn what the coach wants. Yeah. yeah now, we can't definitely. see because we're on the other side and we're normally watching the game, not him. Yeah. Is he a vocal coach on the side? Is he yelling? Because Is... I feel like sometimes during the highlights they show him and he's screaming his head off and other times he's just sitting on the bench with his arms crossed. Is he a more vocal coach yelling, telling you guys where to go, or is he more just pacing the sidelines the whole match? I think when he's yelling, he's usually in a better mood than when he's not yelling. Okay, oh. so if he's yelling, everything's going okay. <laughs> yes, I, and most of the time, not all the time, a lot of, well, yeah, a lot of the time he's, he's, uh, he's yelling at the refs, so. <laughs> That's what I was gonna guess. Yeah, he's, a lot of times he's yelling at the refs. Um, but yeah, you definitely don't want him to be quiet because if he's just sitting there with his arms crossed, quiet, and kind of slouching in his in his seat, that's when you're not you're not doing well. And you said post game talks, yeah. same thing, right? Post game talks, he does not talk to us unless you played really well or you played really poorly. Now at halftime, is he talking? Yeah, yeah. Okay. He yeah for sure he talks at halftime. Um, second part. Yeah. Tactic. Yeah, he's all about tactics. Sometimes he needs to just get on us to raise the level, like the energy level too. So, just whatever he sees, he'll let us know. Um, the other part of Claude's question was, if you're not starting or you are starting, do you prepare differently? Like, most people say they don't have like a diehard ritual that they do on game day. But do you do you work out in the morning if you know you're not starting, just to like, or not work out, but do you? I go right. Like, yeah, I, I do the same thing every time. So. Um, what is your game day routine? My game day routine, regardless of if I'm starting or not, I, I try to prepare the same way. But uh, I, I'll, I'll usually, uh, so like if I'm at home, if we're playing at home, I'll do like a deep stretch yoga class, um, usually around noon. So is like, that something with the team, or is know, that like you go I to do your it own? Separate, yeah. Oh, okay. Do it separate, and then when I get back from that, either before or after that, I'll do five minutes of ball work just to stay sharp. That's just what I like to do. When I'm on the road, I don't have access to any, like a soccer ball, so I, I'll go and um, I'll jog. So like if I if I fly in, let's say we fly in on a Friday night, play Saturday. I'll, when I when I fly in, I'll go on a jog for 10 minutes and then stretch, and then the next morning I'll do the same thing. Just to keep everything just loose. Just to keep my, my my yeah my body loose and stuff because flying can really mess up my uh, my rhythm. Makes sense. Yeah. And then after mornings, done eat breakfast and yeah. What is your afternoon I like to, look I like? I like to eat. I like to eat my lunch around one or two. Same and thing every time. No, kind of just whatever I have. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't like to. Eat, I don't eat bad food, but just you know, whatever I have, I'll, I'll eat. And then no um, uh, Big Macs and yeah, large fries. No McDonald's, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> but then I'll I'll come back or I'll I'll eat and then I'll usually maybe nap or something for an hour and then you know show up at the game maybe have like a 
half a, a granola bar or something, and then I'm usually ready to go. Very nice. Um, one last kind of question to finish off. Who's the better cook, you or Nick? Who? <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I'll take myself over Nick. <laughs> Is he going to argue with that? He probably would. He would. <laughs> Who's the it's, cleaner it's one out of debatable. you two? Whose room's the cleanest right now, you think? Right now? I don't know. I haven't even seen his room. <laughs> Try to stay out of that. But it's probably a good move. Yeah. I don't know. Right, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we're both we're both somewhat clean. So I mean, we don't have we don't have just you know, it's not a mess at our okay. house. It's not a frat house. Well, thank you for actually, uh, oh? one last thing. Yeah. Like, what do you see the rest of the season? What do you think? What's your like, prediction? What do you think prediction? he'll be doing? What do you think the team's gonna be doing? I think. You know, I think we're going through, a, you know, our growing pains and stuff. We're getting it sorted and, and um, getting, you know, more and more used to each other, more more used to the coaching staff and everything too. But I think we're, uh, you know, I think we're gonna start pumping out results. I think we're gonna start. We're starting to head into the meat of our schedule too, where we're gonna have, you know, games midweek and games on the weekend. So we're just gonna have a, we're gonna have a lot of games coming up that I think we'll be able to get a rhythm. Uh, and get some momentum going. I think, I think, I have high expectations for this team. I think we're gonna. You know, I think a lot of people do. I think a lot of people do, and I think they should. The talent that we have on our team is um, more than I would say just about every team in this league. And I think we can compete with with the best. Um, that's why I came, and that's you know I I came because I know Preki's reputation. I know that he expects you know, for us to compete. So I I have high expectations for the team. And you also mentioned perhaps something got figured out on Wednesday night. Yeah, I mean, we just, I just felt like there was, there was no, um, there was no fear. And I think that's something that, you know, some guys have been playing with. Hmm. Um, kind of like a monkey on their back or just? Just, like, I would say it's more, um, you know, we always, we just want to impress the coaching staff, we want to impress Preki, but I just felt like there was no expectations for us. We just, you know, went out and we made it happen and, you know, we ended up losing, but you, we fought. And you we, weren't supposed to win that game per se, you were the underdog, so I think you played with a chip on your shoulder that we win, great, if we lose, we were never supposed to win this per se. Again, I think yeah. we had a great shot at it, but... It was yeah. the David versus Goliath. But yeah, it was. But you know, I I kind of sensed it, and I think some of the other guys maybe also. But I didn't I didn't think we were gonna lose. I thought we were gonna win before the game. I I honestly did, and it wasn't like me being like, well, it wasn't me just uh, being cocky or something. I I really felt like we were locked in, and I felt like you know we're gonna make this, this is happen. our time. We're gonna make this happen. We're gonna get this right. And you know, the soccer gods were not um, smiling down on us on that game. But, but when that ball hit that crossbar, <laughs> yeah, when the but, ball hit the crossbar. But that's why soccer is such a great sport. Any team can win on any day on a random bounce of a ball, an inch one way, an inch another way. Like one bounce yeah. of a ball. And Valeski had three or four chances that it just bounced a little too far yeah, forward. Exactly. So I mean, that's the great part about soccer. Exactly, but. and to be honest, I'll take I'll take our guys and our team over 
you know, an MLS team. I really do believe we're good and we can what we you like know, to hear. make it happen. That's I, awesome. I'm, I'm not just saying it because, you know, I want my well, teammates to listen to this and stuff, but I do think that we are a good team and we are capable of a lot. And I just, I want to, I want to show the fans that we are. And uh, I think, you know, that performance last night or, yeah, last night, I think we can build off that. And that's, you know, that's what I hope the team does. I think it's time to start moving forward. Um, we'll have you back on later in the season, and we're going to hold you to this. <laughs> love, love to come back, yeah. Maybe in the playoffs. Right? Yeah, hopefully in the playoffs. <laughs> hopefully, yeah. Again, here with Phil, Matt, and I'm Spencer from Kirkwood Station, and uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Have a good night, guys. Thank you for listening to the STL Soccer Report, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, BGN.FM, and STLSoccerReport.com. If you have any questions you'd like read on air, please send them to STLSoccerReport at gmail.com.